The second thing that a brand new podcaster asks, in many cases, but not not all cases, but in many cases, they go, hey, uh, how do you make money at this? And the reason that is the second thing they ask is because the first thing they often say is, man, this takes a whole lot more time than I thought. And so my buddy Scott Johnson from whatwasthatlike.com threw out an idea for the question of the month, which is, what kind of time-saving hacks do you have when it comes to producing, promoting your podcast? And we're going to hear your answers today. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're brand new because you just discovered me at Podcast Movement, welcome aboard. This is why I help you plan, launch, grow, and if you want to, monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you use the coupon code LISTENER, that will save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I'm here to tell you, we all know once you get into podcasting, you're like, holy cow, this takes more time. And a classic example of that is if you're doing interviews, there's the back and forth to figure out when you can find a time. Even if you're using something like Acuity Scheduling or Calendly, then there's the interview, maybe there's a pre-interview, and then the actual interview is about an hour, which you then cut down to maybe 30 minutes. That's all that editing. It takes a lot of time, and the key point here is to do a good podcast. And it doesn't have to. There are some hacks. And so my buddy Scott Johnson from whatwasthatlike.com, who will be coming on the show in the future, I just met him back again. It's always great to catch up with old friends at Podcast Movement. If we have some time today, I'll give you some reflections on that event. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And again, one of the key takeaways from podcasting is the relationship. So we're going to start off with none other than the man that asked the question, Scott Johnson, what was that like? What are your time-saving hacks? Hi, Dave. Scott Johnson here. You probably could have guessed when I submitted this question as a potential question of the month that I already had my own hack in mind. This is something I started doing a few years ago. I edit my show in Hindenburg Journalist Pro, and like a lot of editing programs, there are keyboard shortcuts for doing various things like cutting a section of audio, deleting something, etc. So my right hand can be on the mouse and my left hand is on my computer's keyboard, just hitting those shortcut keys to perform some action while I'm editing the audio. But what I discovered is a device that can drastically speed up this process. It's a different kind of computer mouse. I'm talking about a gaming mouse. A mouse that's designed for gaming is wired, not wireless, and it has a lot of extra buttons on it, and they're all accessible by the fingers on the hand that uses the mouse. But the big thing for me is that there are nine individual buttons on the left side of the mouse, so those nine buttons are all right there where my thumb sits, and each of those nine buttons can be programmed to launch a keyboard shortcut. So that means instead of stopping the audio 
looking down at my keyboard, finding the key connected with the shortcut, hitting it, then looking back up at my screen, all I have to do is click the appropriate button with my thumb. And when you're spending like three hours editing an episode, it makes a huge difference when you can cut out all those unnecessary actions and replace them with a single thumb button click. And of course, I never need to take my eyes off the screen. The mouse that I use is the Red Dragon Impact M908, and it's currently around $30 on Amazon. I can't even begin to calculate how much time it saved me over the past few years. And I want to thank Brian Ensminger from the Hindenburg Community Facebook group, because I'm pretty sure he's the one who told me about this originally. My show is called What Was That Like? And each episode is a conversation with someone who's been through something extremely unusual. Past episodes include a man who was buried in an avalanche, a woman who witnessed her father's murder when she was just a teenager, and a woman who was called to jury duty and ended up being the jury foreman in a murder trial. These people just come on the show and tell the details of what happened. It's on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. And I just listened to the episode where some mother just gave away her kid. Like here, buy one, get one free. It's a great show. What was that like? Dot com. Speaking of other great shows, this is my buddy Craig from Live Well and Flourish. It's my favorite walk around the block kind of show. Hi, Dave. It's Craig from Live Well and Flourish, the podcast that helps you use practical wisdom to live a flourishing life. The little hack that saved me a ton of time is to learn how to use plugins. Uh, as I'm recording this right now, I'm using several plugins from Isotope. Uh, the one that saves me the most time is their declick. I have this unfortunate mouth noise problem. And instead of going in and having to take out every little click, I can just use this plugin. So a little investment in plugins and learning how to use them can save you a ton of time. Thanks for everything you do for the podcast community. Thank you, Craig. I'm actually using one right now called Dialogue Enhanced 2, and it's got kind of a history removal. It's got a compressor, and the thing I love about it for this episode, it has spectral correction. So if someone comes in real bassy and somebody comes in real tinty, in theory, this plugin will kind of help everyone sound the same. Hey, Dave, this is Jill McCausland from the Fit Strong Women Over 50 podcast. You can find our website at becomingelly.com. My hack for putting out an episode more quickly is for when you're interviewing someone, research as much as possible in advance. I usually write questions after I scour all online materials for the person we're interviewing. I don't mean just look at their website or their bio sheet, but check out their social media, any books they've written. Be sure to check out any other podcasts they've been on and any online reviews or comments that you can find. I also look at their LinkedIn profile because people often have different information there. This helps you prepare better questions, but also helps avoid being surprised during an interview. When your guest says things you're not expecting, it's easy to have the conversation go off the rails. The more prepared you are, the more focused the interview, and that makes it easier to edit afterwards. I can't wait to hear what other people have to say for this month's questions. I can always use some more hacks. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Jill. She stole one of my answers, and that is more planning equals less editing. That is so true. I... uh I am in the middle of something right now where I didn't do enough research 
and I'm going to be doing a lot of editing on a future episode. She's also part of the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup. Go to neohiopodcasters.com and join on in. Howdy, Dave. This is Brandon in Dallas. I recently discovered a very useful hack using the Zoom PodTrack P4 Portable Recorder that has cut my editing time down significantly. The P4 is a very handy device, and as cool as the four-button sound pad is, I never really had a practical use for it. I don't need it for music or sound effects because I just add those in post. So the sound pad on my P4 has gone largely unused until now. Sometimes I read from a script, other times I use an outline. Either way, I usually divide what I'm reading into segments and record several takes of each. This way, I can choose the best recordings, and, you know, the extra audio comes in handy if I have to splice in a few lines here and there. Now, the downside of this approach is that in edit, I can't tell how many versions of a segment I actually recorded just by looking at the waveform. The lengths and the shapes of the takes vary. I've tried using pauses and claps and coughs as editing marks, but they are never consistent and usually result in extra editing, and quite frankly, I just find them distracting during recording. So here's the hack. This came to me one day during a lunchtime recording session. I used Audacity's tone generator feature to create four sounds that I knew would leave distinct, very identifiable shapes on the waveform and assign them to the four buttons on the sound pad. Now, when I finish a take that I feel good about, I hit the button that plays this sound. If I mess up, I play this one. After recording a few good takes, I play this. Finally, if I record a little memo to myself, it's followed by this sound. When I use these editing marks consistently, I found that I can, one, identify takes that can be removed without even listening to them and two, tell exactly how many takes of a segment I need to evaluate. I'm no longer distracted trying to remember how many times to clap or how long of a pause I need to record. And because the P4 records the sound pad on a separate track, I don't have to worry about the editing marks interfering with calculated effects like normalization. My name is Brandon, and my first podcast is going to cover lessons that I've learned over 15 years of studying and experimenting with techniques in personal and team productivity. It doesn't have a name yet, but I'm busy outlining the episodes, and I hope to start recording soon. As always, Dave, thanks for all you do to help us aspiring podcasters out there. Ah, uh, thank you, my friend. I love that answer, Brandon, because you are playing. You're like, I don't know, let's try this. And we need to play some more and just take the pressure off and see what happens if we try this, because sometimes you go, wow, that worked. So thanks so much for that tip. And if you need help with the name of your show, go out to podcastconsultant.com slash 13. And I've got an episode of the show called Your Podcast Consultant, all about picking your name. Hello, Dave and fellow podcasters. This is Karen Velez of Just Grow Something, a gardening podcast aimed at making you both a better gardener and a better eater with evidence-based advice that teaches you the why behind the how of what we do in the garden and in the world of food and nutrition. You can find me at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. As far as hacks that help me put out an episode more quickly, this is something I believe I learned on an episode of the School of Podcasting, and that is having a template for my show. 
Now, I did have a written template that had helped me to sort of stay on course with the different segments of my episodes, but now to accompany that, I have an audio template as well. Previously, my audio files for my intro, my outro, my transitions, and the music tracks and like were all in their own folders. Now, I have all of the standard audio clips in one file in the order that they are generally used. This way, I have that file opened alongside the current episode, and I can easily copy and paste those audio segments in where I need them without having to open multiple folders or do any imports. Now, I use Audacity to record and edit my show, so this may look a little different for you depending on what you use. But as my show has begun to get a little bit more produced, having both a written template and an audio template has streamlined my recording and my editing tremendously. I hope that helps someone. Again, this is Karen with Just Grow Something, and you can find me at JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com. Yep, Karen, that's something I've been doing for a while. And hey, what can I say? Great minds think alike. Here comes Kim Newlove, who will be at Monday's Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup. This is Kim Newlove from the Pharmacist Voice podcast, which you can find at thepharmacistvoice.com. The game changer for me, time-wise, has been templates. Templates for my DAW, templates for my show notes, templates for my artwork. For my DAW, I use Studio One Artist. I did not know how to set up a template, so I actually reached out to someone for help. That's right, I paid to have somebody set up my template. There is no shame in paying for help. For my show notes, I just use a Word document and I copy and paste content that can be reused. And for my episode artwork, I use Canva. Canva Canva.com, it's a great tool for graphic design. All I have to do is duplicate a previous image and then go ahead and change the content for the next episode. I have all kinds of different artwork from the years, so it's not exactly the same every time. Sometimes I duplicate something from a year ago. Sometimes it's something more recent. No matter what I choose, using a template and duplicating it for the next episode works for me. As for my podcast, I have been doing the Pharmacist Voice podcast for about three and a half years. I do solo shows and I do interview shows. The solo shows are about some aspect of being a pharmacist, a voice actor, a pharmacist podcaster, or my career transition from pharmacist to voice actor and podcast host. My interview shows feature a variety of people who use their voices to advocate for something like public health educate in some way, like having an oncology online course, or entertain, as in having a podcast or being an author. Again, you can find my podcast at thepharmacistsvoice.com. Happy podcasting, everyone. Thank you, Kim. I look forward to meeting you at our meetup. And Saturday, I do a live show called Ask the Podcast Coach. So if you ever want free podcast consulting, That's where you can get it. And my co-host is Jim Cullison from HomeGadgetGeeks.com. And I asked him, hey, you got any time-saving hacks? And here's what he said. Like check the services that you're currently using, whether like it, like Auphonic or if it's, you know, if it's a cloud-based service, see if they have integrations to other services where it'll transfer those files automatically or it'll pull down information automatically. There may be more there than you think, especially in this new world of AI. There may be some AI integrations that have been added that you didn't know about. If you're using cloud-based services, check them again just to make sure it may be, you know, you may find some new things that you didn't know exist. 
And you might look into, I believe it's Zapier, or I think it's called Zapier. It's Z-A-P-I-E-R. And to give an example, when somebody signs up at the School of Podcasting, it puts a to-do item on my to-do list to make my welcome video. It adds them to my CRM, less annoying CRM. It does a whole bunch of it. It's just, if this happens, then do this. So you could have something like, when my RSS feed updates, create a tweet for it or whatever we're calling it this week, exit, something of that nature. So automation can take a lot of the stuff off your plate. Hi, Dave. I now release an episode every day, which is quite demanding. So to speed up production, I complete tasks in bulk sessions. That is, one day for writing scripts, the next for recording several shows, the next for editing, and so on. This is Mark Vinette from the History of North America podcast and videocast, as well as the Historical Jesus Podcast, where I explore the sweeping saga of the life and times of the Galilean preacher from Nazareth at markvinette.com. Yes, I know a lot of people, I was surprised I didn't hear this kind of answer more, is bulk, you know, have one day and just blow through everything. And that leaves you the rest of the week then to promote your show once it's already done. Hey, SOP friends, it's Steve Stewart from stevestewart.me, where I edit podcasts for people who don't want to do it themselves. As you can imagine, I have a lot of hacks that I use to get episodes out more quickly since it's it's basically my day job. My number one hack then would be to customize your keyboard shortcuts in your DAW and get to know them. I mean, that just goes without saying. I bet somebody has already said that one. But what I want to share here today, a lot of people don't really think about as a hack for getting episodes out faster, and that's having a second monitor. Steve, how does a second monitor make me edit faster? Well, let me tell you, it changes my life when I have two or I've had three monitors at one time. Fantastic, by the way. But even two monitors is fantastic because I've got my main monitor in front of me and that's where I've got my DAW. I've got the editing software or video editing software open in front of me. And then off to the right or to the left is a second screen where I have the folder with all the templates or sound effects or whatever assets I need for that episode. It's where I have notes from my client that says, hey, let's we want to take out this part at the five minute mark. It's where if I'm taking notes, I've got a notepad open. It's not on the same screen as my DAW. I want to focus on the editing, but when I need to get something else, I don't have to minimize the window. I don't have to shrink it on the screen. I just move over to the right where my second monitor is and there it is. I've got a notepad open. Take notes. It's fantastic. Just Having two monitors has definitely helped me speed up my editing. And as you can imagine, I do a lot of editing. So that is my hack for getting episodes out more quickly. Thanks for letting me be on the show, guys. Thank you, Steve. It was Steve was one of the many people. There were Steve, Joe Salsi, hi. There are Kevin Schmidlin, guys that like we bump fist in the hall and we're like, we'll have to catch up later. And then we never did. It was kind of a running gag. Every time I ran into Joe Salsi High from Stacking Benjamins in front of the show, I'd be like, oh, man, it's great to see you. And I would literally start to talk. And then somebody, hey, Dave, you're, you're needed over there at the Libsyn booth. Or I had to go play the guitar at a Libsyn party. It was just so, Joe, it was great seeing you. But, uh, yeah, Steve's got a great point there. And here's the other thing. When it comes to a second monitor monitors are dirt cheap compared to what they used to be. I mean, you can get a giant, basically you can buy a, you know, 36 inch TV now and use it as a monitor. So that's, and here's the beauty of that. 
that will help eliminate burnout because you're creating a better interface, a better experience. It's not quite so stressful. I know if we go back to Scott with the buttons, it's these little things that can really speed things up or just make them more enjoyable to do. And I'm with Scott. I am a keyboard shortcut, especially if you're using Hindenburg. When you learn the keyboard shortcuts, you can fly. So I thought I would share a couple other ones here. If you're using Audacity, now they're going to sound like chipmunks. This used to be in the upper right-hand corner in the new version of Audacity. It's at the bottom of the screen. It's a little slider bar. And if you put your mouse over it, you'll see where it says playback speed. And here's the mistake that you're going to make at least once. You can adjust the playback speed. And because of you know the force of habit, you will click the play button at the top of the screen. Click the play button right next to the slider. And they will sound kind of chipmunky. But if you're just going for, I'm just listening for obvious things. Or if you're trying to speed things up, that comes in really handy. And another one. Kim and Jill and a couple other people mentioned templates. And this is where I love this tool called Text Expander. Text Expander is basically when I type this, you type this. And I use this. You could basically, if you have the same kind of on today's show, we talked about blank key points mentioned in this episode. If you have the basically the same kind of episode description, you know, your show notes, You could basically create a blank one, go into your media host and just type in whatever show notes. You know, I always put a hashtag there so I don't accidentally type it by accident. So hashtag show notes, all one word, bam, here comes your template for your show notes. And I use text expander because somebody be like, oh, uh, what's the best microphone? I go, oh, Samson Q2U. Well, I just type in hashtag Q2U and there's the link to the Q2U. If somebody, I mean, I go on and on. I use this a little bit at Libsyn. Uh, Libsyn is a media host that I do tech support for. And as you might imagine, Libsyn wants to stand out. So we try not to do too much of the automated responses. But on occasion, I have some that I will do with that. And you can actually have them fill in. So I could have, dear blank, I can't look up your account as you didn't provide your email address. I used this email, blank. Can you please supply the email and the name of your show? And then when I put that in there, it'll say, okay, what's the first one? And I'll go Janine. And then I'll be like, and it'll say, okay, what's the email? And I'll put in her email. So, and it fills it in, makes it look all personalized. I'm here to tell you text expander. And what's really cool is they will send you a report that says, Hey, this week you used text expander X amount of time. And this saved you X amount of hours And it's really not that expensive. Now, if you're on an absolutely crappy budget, I've been there. It's no fun. Look into your media host. I know Libsyn has a thing called Snippets. Captivate has A, a whole template. You can just make a template like I talked about making it with Text Expander. You can just, that's part of Captivate. It's built in and you can have different snippets that you can put in and it will automatically fill those in. And I remember when I first saw the snippet tool in Libsyn, I'm like, how hard is it to type a few sentences? But I'm here to tell you, like for my show, Ask the Podcast Coach, I have a couple sponsors. I have their information. I have a Join the School of Podcasting little paragraph. And I go in, I type a little paragraph about what we covered in the show. And then it's just snippet one, snippet two, snippet three, et cetera, et cetera. And it really speeds things up. 
Jill mentioned this, research your guest. And if they have a book, I know this sounds crazy, read it because you'll get better questions. And remember, for someone to share your show, you have to do an interview that's not the same as the last four they just did. So by reading the book, trust me, you will stand out. And by asking better questions, you get better answers. By getting better answers, you don't have to edit out the crappy ones because you are editing out the crappy ones, right? That's the whole point. A podcast is a conversation in many cases with the crappy part edited out. Don't be boring. That's what my friend Glenn always says. Don't be boring. That's really the number one rule of podcasting. Another tool I use is PodPage. I had to do an episode before I went to Denver for podcast movement, and I slept like a baby because I went ahead and I scheduled my episode ahead of time, in this case on Libsyn, and PodPage uses your feed. So when that that album, how old am I? When that episode comes out, it basically updates your feed. The feed updates PodPage and automatically updates your website to show that information. PodPage has, it's called an episode signature. So if you have things that you always put at the end of your episodes, you could put those into PodPage. Now, those only show up on the website, not in like the show notes on Apple Podcasts or things like that. Another one is, and you can use, I mean, there's you throw a rock and you hit 10 of these, but there are all sorts of AI transcription tools. And even if it doesn't do AI stuff, a transcription service can save you an enormous amount of time for those times when you didn't do the research and you've got a pile of caca that we're calling an interview. And instead of listening to the 50 minutes, you can read much faster than you can listen. Again, unless you want to do chipmunks. And that's where you can highlight the parts you want to keep while you're, I don't know, riding the train if you're in the UK, so that when you do get in front of the actual audio file, you kind of can see, because most of the transcripts will put kind of a timestamp, so you can see where it is or things like that. Another thing I've used transcriptions for is, on occasion, I will play clips of other shows in this show. I will want to comment on something that, say, Bandrew from Bandrew Says or Todd from the New Media Show or things like that, And I will download their episode. I'll transcribe the whole thing. And I know Todd was talking about whatever, owning your own domain, just to make a Todd joke. And I will go into the transcript and type in own domain. I'll be like, oh, Todd mentioned this 14 times. I'm going to use the one at the 22-minute mark. And I did get to hang out with Todd this week at Denver. Always great to hang out with Todd Cochran. So that's one that I've like, oh, man, that I did it in you know, 10 minutes, if that, by just reading the transcript, that one can come in handy. Multitask as often as you can. So while I'm uploading the MP3 file, I am going over to Canva and I'm starting to work on my artwork. And like Kim Newlove said, I have a template in Canva. So it's always got the School of Podcasting logo. It's got the number in the bottom right-hand corner. And then basically what I do is I delete the background image I find a new one in Canva, I pop it in, I resize it, I rearrange the text of whatever it is, and presto, my artwork is done. Now, some people will scoff at that and go, ah, you need to work harder on your your thumbnail, and I would say, sure, but I don't have the time right now, and that is good enough. This one doesn't sound like a hack, but trust me, when I don't do it, 
I waste a boatload of time. And that is when I get an idea or if there's something I want to reference or something that I need to remember later, I use Evernote. And there are plenty of these. There's OneNote from Microsoft. There's Notion. There's a ton of You could just use Apple Notes. But when I see something and I'm like, that's cool. I want to remember this later. I put it into Evernote because there's nothing worse than like, I know I saw it. It was here, yada, yada, yada. And that's just from me doing that enough times that I'm like, wait, hold on. And Evernote is cool because if something comes in my email, Evernote will give you an email address. So I have a contact person in my Gmail and his first name is Ever, his last name is Notes. So if I want to send something that I got via email to my Evernote account, I can just forward to that email address and it shows up. I use a calendar tool. I was recommending TidyCal and I might in the future, but right now it really messed up my calendar because if you do an all-day event like, I don't know, podcast movement, you know, Wednesday through Friday, it wasn't seeing that. And they kind of came up with a hack for it where you could go in and block time, but it was, you'd have to add the blocks on every type of meeting you have. So right now I'm not recommending TidyCal. And I used to use Acuity Scheduling, which was bought by Squarespace. And because everybody else and their brother was using it, I have started using Calendly, and I actually do like that. I wish they had an affiliate program. They used to. But the bottom line is that if you're doing the whole, hey, is Thursday work for you? Nope, Thursday doesn't work. What about Tuesday? That is, again, just time on the clock. And so get a calendar scheduling tool. It makes it so much easier. It makes it easier for them if they need to reschedule. You can set up questions ahead of time, like where can I find your bio and things of that nature. Another thing that we often look for is that if you set this up once, I use a tool called Brandy. Go ahead and sing. You just know you want to. Yeah, what a good wife you would be. Thank you. Now that we're done with that, uh, Brandy, I have all my bios, my social links, anything if somebody interviews me that they go, hey, do you have a copy of your headshot? I just go schoolofpodcasting.com slash press kit. And that will take you over and here's my logo and everything like that. That, again, saves me from having to find it. And here's this and attach it. I'm like, nope, here it is. Everything you need, it's right there. So that's another time-saving tool. And you'll notice that some of these are like, well, how hard is it? You know, your, your headshot's right there in the folder. It's just the fact you don't have to go looking for it. And, of course, I have a, uh, what do you call it, um, text expander link set up. So I just type in press kit and it spits out the address for my press kit online. And it's these little things that add up to big times. And like Steve's suggestion, these little things make the experience less frustrating and less frustrating leads to more energy and that energy you need to then market your show. And I'll do one more and you have to be, I could do these for an hack an hour This one you have to do with a little bit of investigation and it's all built built on trust and that is use and utilize your audience. Use your community. And this is just something I just started doing. At the School of Podcasting, I've always had open group coaching. It's twice a month, once on Saturday, once on a Wednesday evening, and then we have lunch with Dave, which is every Friday. 
And it was always just open Q&A. And it was fine. People would show up and do exactly what it's intended for. But they were always lightly attended. And I was like, hey, you know what? I have brilliant podcasting minds. And so as I record this, on September 2nd, a member of the School of Podcasting, Chris Stone from castahead.net, is a bit of a descript guru. And I was like, well, why should we wait till Dave learns it to, you know, share it with people? Let Chris do it. Uh, Craig, who we heard earlier, has been playing with chat GPT a whole lot longer than I have. And he may, he doesn't know this yet, but I may be asking him, I've kind of hinted that it'd be cool for him to do a presentation on it. And so I know Adam Curry, he always talks about time, talent, and treasure. These are the three ways that your audience can support you. Their time, they can go out and promote. Uh, their treasure is obviously their money and their talent might be artwork. It might be whatever they can do to help grow the show. So don't overlook when it comes to growing your show and speeding things up, leaning into your audience. Now, you have to be careful because especially if you have somebody goes, I'd like to do artwork for you. What happens if it's awful? So you have to like give yourself some sort of safety net there that's going to enable you to be able to back out and not lose them as a listener. I know with guests, I often have the tagline, hey, since I've just met you, I would be happy to interview you. But in the event, I don't, if I feel that the interview doesn't match my audience, I reserve the right to not publish it. And that sounds a little harsh. It's a little harsh. Uh, but it just lets me also separate the uh, the people that aren't maybe as confident in their material. If you're like, wait, I don't waste my time. Well, A, then you didn't do your investigation. You should know that your content matches my audience. And so that has helped me eliminate bad interviews. I've only had, I think, two people over the years that kind of objected to that. And that is probably the, I'll end on this one. I know this is my, I think, third. The last one is, again, do your research on your guests. I didn't do this recently. I'll still be able to pull a decent interview out of it. But there was a part of me that was like, shame on you, Jackson. You talk about, you know, doing the work and doing your research. And this person, I was just halfway through the interview. I was like, there's not a lot of usable stuff here. And I really push myself to ask better questions and things of that nature. So that's can be a huge time suck because we know, I would say one of the biggest things when it comes to, you know, sucking up your time is editing. And so again, more planning equals less editing. And remember that you're going to pay with one of two currencies. You're going to pay with your time, or if you got it, you can pay with some cash. And if the question is, well, which one should I use? Use the one you have the most of. If you got more money, definitely do that and get some time with your family. And if you don't, well, then work efficiently, work quickly, which is what this whole episode is about, and pay with your time. Thanks to everyone who contributed. We will have links to this out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 894. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash 894. Thanks again. I really, really had fun with this, and I know I've learned some stuff. I'm off to buy me a gaming mouse. Thanks to everyone I met in Denver. It was great meeting you, catching up with old friends. That was really, seriously, that was one of the things I loved the most. We had some serious discussions about uh, 
Life, Love, and Relationships that uh, I really, really enjoyed. And to all the new people I met, thanks to everyone who came to my session. It was kind of a standing room only kind of deal. That was kind of cool. Now, that sounds impressive, but it was also one of the smaller stages. But that's okay. It was still standing room only. So that was fun. And I had some people comment on the last episode, 893, uh, where I talked about my podcast, you know, your files filling up your your hard drive. But I also talked about how I was really really nervous because I spoke at my high school reunion. The speech went off pretty much the way I wanted it to. And the one kind of risque joke fell flat on its face. So that was the lesson learned there. And people said, where can I hear that? And I'm trying to find the perfect mix of that. And that is because I can remove a lot of the reverb. It was in a very giant room. So it just sounds like I'm doing it in a cave. And if I remove all the reverb, then you can't hear any kind of crowd reaction. It sounds like the whole thing died. So I'm working on that. I might actually just re-record it and uh, leave out the bad joke. That would even be even better. But thanks to everyone who reached out. It's like, hey, where can I hear that? So that will be coming in the near future. I will let you know here. And and if you haven't noticed yet, we're nearing the end of the show here. And notice I'm putting all this kind of housekeeping stuff at the end of the show. Not the world's best first impression. Thanks so much for listening. And if this is your first time of hearing the show, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow, and you can follow the show for absolutely free, and you'll get access to all the back episodes. There are a couple. If you ever wonder, there are a handful that I pulled down because everything I talked about, because I've been doing this 18 years, was like non-existent anymore. So those are episodes I'm like, this delivers no value to my audience And so if you ever wonder, like, where's episode, like, 632 or something? Yeah, that was uh, rendered useless and removed from the feed. So I'm going to break my own rule. I know I just gave you a call to action of schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow. I'm going to give you one more because podcasters tend to hang out with each other. And if you know somebody that's just like, man, it just takes so much time. Can you do me a favor and forward this to that person? Because number one, they're going to think you're brilliant because you were the person that found it. So kudos to you. And they're going to love it because it's going to speed up their production. And I'm going to get to grow my audience. So it's a win, win, win. Thank you so much. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Enjoy the bloopers. And that's something I'm slowly dipping my tip, my tip. uh. Oh, I love that tip. One of the things I always encourage people to do, encourage, I encourage, I encourage you. You do me a favor and send them this episode. They're going to love you because we're going to help, you know, speed up their profit and uh, their profit. No, not their profit. Speed up their production, Dave. It's a P word, but it's the wrong P word. Thanks to everyone. I Matt, I Matt, I Matt them. I saw them and I threw them right on a mat. I'm like, ha, huh, you've been matted. Oh, crap. Are you still here? Thankfully, you're still here. I just thought of another really good one. On a Windows machine, this is both Windows and Mac. When you go into like File Explorer, you can pin folders on the left navigation. And I know this because I just went to my 894 folder and I hadn't pinned it which means I got to go to podcast, double-click, SOP, double-click, episodes, double-click, 894. 
And that's one of those little things that drives you nuts when you have to do it 50 million times for one episode. And you can do the same thing in a finder and you can just drag the folder that you're currently working on under favorites. And then once the episode's done, you can remove it from your favorites. But that's another one like Steve was talking about. It makes the experience so much better when you're not double-click, 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 double-click. Ah. 